Hello, and welcome to episode 148 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about a listener email that we got. Yeah. And we're going to do a little bit of kind of our first impressions, early thoughts on the new Crimson Vow limited format. Mm-hmm. We've, I think we're like five and six drafts in respectively. Or yeah, I didn't, those lines. I didn't have a ton of time to play. Normally, like on release weekend, I, I can crank out 10 or 12 drafts, but did not have the time to this weekend. I only got to play for a couple hours, so. Yeah, I've. I've been enjoying playing cyberpunk in between it cr- hard crashing. <laughs> cyberpunk hard crashing or arena? Uh, pick one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, c- cyberpunk is still like, you'll just be playing and it'll like freeze for a brief second. And then you're like at the dealer report an error screen. It's like, <laughs> cool. Thanks for the 40 gig patch that apparently couldn't make it run. But in between that, it is exactly what I thought it would be, and it is glorious. But it has its issues. Occasionally, you see someone go upstairs, but like they're six feet in front of the stairs, so they're just walking on air. Ooh. Or are they through the stairs? We get through the stairs. I called Hmm. my motorcycle, and it spawned about two feet off the ground. So I hopped on it, and it wouldn't drive. Because it was the wheels would spin, but it was two feet off Off the ground. ground. (laughs) I was like, solid. Good job. Well, anyway, uh, this is not a uh, what's wrong with cyberpunk podcast. This is a magic (laughs) podcast. So if you'd like to uh, tweet us uh, your show ideas, things you want us to talk about, um, things you're enjoying about the new set, which is just wild to have a new set like eight weeks after the last set. Yep. You can yeah. tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or, like the listener whose uh, question we're going to talk about today, you can shoot us an email show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, don't forget if you're looking to pick up any singles from either this set or the set that we just had, uh, user TCG player affiliate link. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, TCG.casualtryhardmtg.com. Navigate to TCG player using that link, and whatever you purchase will help support the show. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes, so you kind of know what we're going to be talking about. I usually post them like the day before the show goes live. Uh, you also get access to our pre-show where we kind of catch up because we don't get to see each other as much anymore. So there's some, you know, what's going on in our daily lives. Uh, we talk about some of the behind the scenes podcast stuff sometimes. Um, we've been trying to keep our actual shows a little bit tighter than we used to. Um, so some of the stuff that we would normally talk about in the show, we talk about in the pre-show now so if you're interested in any of that hit us up on patreon or if you just really like us and want to support the show you can uh, just choose to do that too um also my last round of givebacks you guys should have all gotten already thank you very much for supporting us it's just a little token from us to you know let you know that we appreciate it uh, the next one should be coming out sometime in December. They're really cool. I'm excited for you guys to get your hands on them. And I think that's about all I got for Patreon. Um, we have our YouTube channel, 
Casual Triad MTG on YouTube. Um, I have a collector booster box in my hand right now that I haven't opened yet. I just got today. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to that tonight or not, but I will be recording a box opening video for that. And I did my pre-release kit last week, so that's up there if you guys want to check that out. Um, have you recorded any drafts yet? I have not. I've been playing exclusively on the iPad. I do need yeah. to sit down and record some. But I do have some thoughts that we will get to. So maybe when I finally record some drafts, they will be good. We can hope. Okay. Um, if Brian has a chance to record some drafts, usually he throws them up there too. And we have our Discord. There's a link in the description if you want to hop in our Discord channel. There's also a link on all our social media. Come on in, join the conversation. You can share your draft decks with us. You can share your standard brews with us. You can share any brews with us. Uh, let us know your show ideas. Talk with some like-minded individuals. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool people in Discord. So follow the link, hop in, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. And let us know show ideas. We're always always have an ear open for uh, what you guys want us to hear about. Otherwise, it's just us talking at each other. and We kind of already know what we're going to say. It doesn't really do us any good. So you let us know what you want us to talk about. Any yep. of the above ways will do it. That that is very true. We are we are uh, available. James more on the ball than I am, but <laughs> I try to be. All right. So this week uh, is a listener email um, mm -hmm. who tried to make a pretty sizable leap from kind of like kitchen table magic to some sort of like bigger event. Like sounded like it was like a GP level yeah. kind of thing just like a huge event it was speaking about a convention hall which is you know any event that happens in a convention hall is going to be considerably larger than playing at your kitchen table very very true um and so kind of brought up some of their experience and kind of was like is this normal you mm -hmm. know and didn't have the best experience so it's like is this normal how can i like improve in the in the future yeah and the we thought we should talk about it because we we talked about trying to make this jump. We did, and uh, they ran into a big problem, which is like they went to a modern event mm -hmm. with a deck that, well, modern legal was not a modern deck. If that makes any sense, well. That was just kind of my assumption. I don't know that this person like actually ran into this. Um, the email was very well written. I definitely enjoyed reading it. It was it was fun to read. Um, but I think because it was laid out in the manner it was, I kind of had to make some assumptions. And this was one of the assumptions that I made. So may or may not have been like how it actually happened. But yeah, it's... Definitely a consideration that I think people kind of gloss over. Um, even even if you show up to like a local game store as you know a more casual player, and you say, "This is my deck. What event can I play in?" The store owner is going to say, "Oh, uh, there's nothing in there that is not modern legal. So why don't you come to modern modern night?" And while your deck may technically be legal for the modern format. That does not mean that your deck is a modern deck. Um, 
the one example that I could think of off the top of my head is that if like if you're a kitchen and I'm not a kitchen kitchen table player and really have never been a kitchen table player even when I was a kid we would always play in events on weekends um so I don't know like all the ins and outs of like casual magic but I would guess that if my kitchen table play group all kind of started playing magic around the same time and that's all we did that we would have a whole bunch of cards like collectively from kind of the same era of magic and therefore about the same power level of card. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You Um, you all started playing at the same time. So your format is cards from when we started playing to now. Right. And let's just say that that, that time period happened to be like cons of Tarkir. Okay. So you, you and your buddies got into magic and, you know, started having Friday night, you know, beers and magic or whatever at your kitchen table. Um, you know, booster box of cons that you've divvied up somehow and, you know, have a small collection that you just kind of run decks into each other. Your deck probably has a couple fetch lands in it. Well, fetch lands aren't currently legal and standard. They're banned in Pioneer. So the next smallest format they could possibly be legal in is Modern. So if you bring this deck that's basically cons of Tarkir standard to a local game store and say, you know, I'm interested in playing at your store. This is my deck. What can I play? They're going to see a wooded foothills and say, oh, that's Modern. Play Modern. Well, you know, you're casting Summit Prowlers and your opponent's flashing back lightning bolts with Snapcaster Mages. I like there's a definitely a large discrepancy in the power level of deck there. Yeah. Um so we had something like this happen recently. So uh frequent uh mention on the podcast, uh Anthony. Um mm-hmm. he uh I, I had given him a blue white spirits deck that was pioneer legal. Mm-hmm. And it was blue white spirits because uh I I couldn't pony up for uh, for collected companies in the appropriate uh mana base to make that work. Yeah. Um so uh and he likes playing his favorite card I think is Spellqueller, followed closely by uh, Young Pyromancer. So he really likes Spellqueller, and I was like, okay, this is like a reasonable blue-white spirits deck. It plays at flash speed. Okay, this is kind of his thing. And But n- no one where he lives plays Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, and he was like, they're playing Modern. So I went to play Modern. And he was like, oh my god, it is crazy. It is mm-hmm. so different than the way it was when I played Modern, you know, four years ago at this point. Yeah. It's wild. He's all the cards that what I even did. It was like, everything was just so much more powerful. Yeah. And I was like, yep. He's like, it, it, I did not have a good taste. I just got stumped. Yeah. And, you know, he ran into a thing that, you know, it's unfortunate, but, uh, people who play modern are usually very, very serious. Yeah. 
right? Like, I think that the, like, you have, like, modern is probably the peak of, like, serious magic player. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, if you go... Hyper competitive. Oh, yes. If you go to legacy, people are just happy to get games. And then as you get to newer formats, while people are competitive, I think you run into more people that are playing those formats for fun right? than modern, right? Because, you know, if you spent, you know, $3,000 on your modern deck, right, you, you're probably showing up to win. Well, yeah, I mean, you want some kind of return on your investment, right? Yeah, that's what Chad would want. That's right. <laughs> um, Chad always getting you. Chad, Chad shows up at the pre-show. Um, yeah, there we go. Synergy right there. Um, <laughs> but um, so like you show up to one of those events and those people aren't messing around. Yeah. And so like, you know, if you show up with a deck that is like, you know, a C in power level. They're just going to, like, beat you 2-0, sign the slip, and, like, walk away. Yeah. They're going to run you over with Ragavan, and you're not even going to know what happened. Yeah. And I mentioned Ragavan to Anthony. He's like, oh, yeah. I got destroyed by that card. Yeah. I was like, yep. Yep, yep. That is modern magic. It is a one drop that does everything. Mm -hmm. Um. So, right, you just run into the fact that you're that modern is not a very welcoming format in terms of oftentimes of player. Mm -hmm. Right. And of like cards that aren't at the top tier. Right. Right. Cause everyone has tuned their deck within an inch of its life. And, you know, they've tuned it for their stores meta or like what is, you know, most optimal for this week according yeah. to whatever metrics they're using. And, you know, you're not going to go in with a with a so-so deck and be competitive or, like, play, play competitive games of Magic. So that's definitely true if you are to show up to, I'm going to call it a convention-sized modern event. Um, you're definitely going to be in a room full of people playing very cutthroat looking to just win um but i think if you show up to like a you know a wednesday night or a tuesday night modern at your local game store well there are definitely still going to be you know competitive players there that are definitely looking to win um i think at a local game store sometimes you run into like more fringy decks than what would be you know, considered top, like the upper echelon of the metagame. Yeah. Like there are, there is more of that where you're like, oh, this looks fun. I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah. But I, I think more often than not, you run into the more competitive player mm -hmm. and right. The like, I'm going to play, you know, our go-to seismic swans or like, <laughs> yeah. Or aggro loam or salt yeah. loam or whatever. Uh, like those, those are few and far between. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, even the decks that are not like at the top of the tier in modern, sometimes they're just like, you're just like, Oh, I guess like I'm done. So, um, 
I remember playing against someone who had me with um, an Eternal Witness. Uh, oh gosh, what is it? Cryptic Command Lock. Oh yeah. Right, and you're just like over and over again. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Cryptic says you know, uh, you can tap all your opponent's creatures, and then um, you can bounce a permanent as two modes. So yeah. you bounce the Eternal Witness on your opponent's turn, tap their creature so they can't attack you. Mm-hmm. Then you, on your turn, play the um, Eternal Witness and get, get back, back to your... Cryptic. Yeah, and so they just never get to... It takes seven mana, but they never get to attack you. Right. Right, and like, that deck's not at the top of the meta, but like, you can just end up having a bad time because you're like, oh, that's yeah. a really powerful interaction. Yeah. And, you know, my Summit Prowler or fill-in-the-blank other thing yeah. does not stack up with this well. The um, I also think that Modern has... Like, it was different when you and I got into Modern because even though we were, you know, quote, latecomers to the format, like, Modern had really only been a format for a few years when we got in. Now, like Modern's been around for 10 years, and even the decks that are kind of at the fringy edges of the format, most of them at one point were either top tier or competing for top tier of the format, and they've just kind of gotten pushed out to the edges now. So even if you're playing, you know, some of the decks that are fringy in the format, you know, at one point they were probably the best thing you could be doing in the format. So the power level is definitely a lot higher than, you know, what a typical person would, you know, come up with on their own at their own kitchen table, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is definitely a, um, uh, what's it called? It is definitely just a more powerful format. And like you said, even the decks that are like tier two Mm -hmm. are ruthlessly efficient and very powerful yeah right it's not it's not heck even the tier three decks right like a lot of times their power is more fleeting because it requires a bunch of stuff to come together Mm -hmm. but when it comes together you're just like well we can't ever win yeah right like there are times where you watch like a saffron olive against the odds video and the deck does the thing, and you're like, holy crap, that is so powerful. And then you're like, yeah. oh, wait, yeah, I have watched this for 45 minutes, and this is the first time it's come <laughs> together, right? Right. But if you're sitting across from the person, and it comes together twice miraculously, and you're just like, oh, I guess I just don't get to do anything. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's like, oh, you played like three ghostly prisons, and uh, I guess I can never attack you. All right, awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So, like, just to kind of, uh, like, bring this full, full circle, like, this part of the conversation, um, are there some things that we can, you know, advise people to do to help them get into Modern? Or, like, if they've already decided, you know, Modern is the night that I'm going to play Magic at the LGS, and Modern is the format that I'm going to play, what 
like what advice do we have for people to get into modern specifically? Is there any? I mean, you have talked about um playing like uh elves as like a good intro deck. Uh, yeah, just or, something linear, like something where your game plan isn't going to change a whole lot from game to game to game. Like I used to tell Anthony like to play linear decks as like, okay, you have your deck, you know, let it mm-hmm. be burn or elves. And then you can play that and you can learn what other people are doing while yeah. playing and be like, oh, that's a neat deck. I should figure out how that deck plays or yeah. or something like, oh, I would have never I've not seen that deck before. You're still doing your thing, and if you have a lower uh, knowledge base in modern, you just mm-hmm. I need to do my the thing that my deck does as well as possible. And you know, if I get wrecked by some removal spell or some sweeper that it was in the format, I have now learned this is here, right? Right, and you just had to like take your lump. So I was gonna say like, you know, burn. Not that it's mm-hmm. super cheap, but right. burn is especially if you go like mono red is mm-hmm. a deck that you can like not break the bank and put together. Yep. Um you can have um Merfolk, which is like a deck that actually is seeing play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think most of most of the fish is pretty cheap. Yeah, I think the the mythic for Modern Horizons 2 is not the weird Yeah, but like I think that's only like a one of sometimes though. I don't yeah. think that's it's like taking, a focal point of the deck. I think it's taking like Kira's slot. Yeah. Um. But like, I would suggest trying to get decks that are, you know, as funny as like a a deck that is monocolored, which is hard to do in modern, like yeah. makes the format infinitely more um, approachable. Yeah. Because you're not having to plunk down all the money for fetches and shocks and then right. your spells. Right? If you if you are cool playing like a creature aggro deck, elves, merfolk, mm-hmm. uh burn, you know, of the mono red variety is kind of a creature aggro deck, but it also is just like throw fireballs at your face kind of thing, or lightning bolts at your face. Lightning bolt, yeah. Yeah. So like like it's not a super expensive deck and it's trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, I think the thing you want to avoid is like saying like, Oh, I want to play, you know, uh, gosh, what was the deck I was thinking of? Um, like, uh, amulet Titan. Yeah. Right. And you spend like three grand on amulet Titan. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh my God, this is awful. And well, Emulet Titan's like a really hard deck to play too. It's yeah. not just that, you know, it's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but you need a lot of time with that deck before you even win a game. Like it is a hard deck to pilot. Yeah. So, you know, just making sure that you have um like you pick a deck that, you know, you give yourself, you know, a reasonable chance to like win and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've not like broke the bank. Yeah. And made it so like you're like, oh, uh, like if I don't enjoy modern, like getting out is not like, you know, financial suicide. Yeah. 
What do you so, think about uh, like tokens? Like I know you said you got into the format through black white tokens. Like and- black white tokens. Like I had burn merfolk and black white tokens, and the reason I had burn and merfolk initially was those decks were actually decks you could play in uh in legacy like you were just a few (laughs) cards from uh legacy decks and i was like oh like it'd be cool like we had a legacy scene and be oh it'd be cool to be able to like just make some small changes and get my burn deck into like uh uh into legacy Mm -hmm. and so like that is you know a a thing to think about as well as like what are more things you can do so i'm looking at like um so we've got the um what is it called so it's an mtg goldfish all right mm-hmm. and they have their budget decks mm-hmm. and there are now i've seen some of them play and they actually like play pretty all right there's a number of them that are right around a hundred dollars yeah right and so there's karth super friends like karth the lion that like when it mm-hmm. When a planeswalker dies, you get to search for another one. Um, yep. It's one hundred and seven dollars. Like deck looked powerful when it was played. There's twelve whack, which is you know a mono red aggro deck. Eighty six dollars in tabletop. Yeah. Budget enchantress was some of the new cards from Modern Horizons two. One hundred and six bucks. Yeah, that's probably a decent one to buy into too. Be like you said, it's got some cards from. Uh... Modern Horizons 2, which are like still in print, readily available, pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. But they're also pieces that are seeing a lot of play. So there's there's room to grow on those cards also. Yeah. And like, so like if you, I would not suggest getting like, you know, I don't know, crashing footfalls yeah. and spending $1,400 and then not knowing if you like the format or not knowing if you are going to be able to play like, you know, whatever, every Wednesday night or whatever. Yeah. Right. I would much rather make a smaller investment, you know, or, you know, if there's a type of deck you like, like maybe you think Enchantress decks are the coolest thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you get the budget version of Enchantress. Right. And you're like, okay, every paycheck I'm going to buy a temple garden. Yeah. Right until I have the cards that I need for that uh, for this deck to be better, and like it can mm-hmm. be like a project, or like they have real affinity. And right now it's one hundred and seventy six dollars. It was cheaper before, um, yeah. but like the the like uh, thought monitor is a legit card, right? And so you know. If that's your GM, right, you can, I guess, $176, right? So Mm -hmm. I would, like, try to go on a, find a budget deck that does things that you enjoy Mm -hmm. so that you're not spending a ton of money Mm -hmm. getting into a format that you're not 100% sure about, right? Now, Now, you are making a concession of, like, hey... This might not be the best deck, but if it's something you enjoy, maybe you work to improve it. And like the main thing that like makes the Saffron Olive budget decks budget decks is 
they don't have fetches and base. shocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the budget enchantress deck, I don't think there's a lot that is just like, this is like a bad card. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to what's the mana base? There's 20 lands. There are four canopy vistas. Yeah. Four fortified villages. Yeah. Right? Two sun puddle groves. Like, those should be four stomping grounds, four windswept heaths, you know, some mix of sun petal grove and the new, like, slow land and, you know, the old uh, razor verge thicket, like the old fast yeah. land. Right? Some mix of those things. Not that mana base, but that's where he saves all of his money. Because right. the rest of it is, like, they're legitimate cards that, like, kind of get played in that deck. Yeah. Right? If you look at, uh, like, the Elves deck that I just looked at a second ago on Goldfish, the deck is $800, but $400 of it is Cavern of Souls. Whew. That you definitely don't need because, you know, all that does is, you know, play against counter spells and... You can certainly play that deck while not playing around counter spells just fine. Like the thing that you don't want countered, Cavern of Souls doesn't work on anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. If you can build like a legitimate, the competitive version of that deck, you know, without $400 worth of Caverns of Souls, then I don't know. It seems like a decent place to start. Yeah. So I would be very selective about what my, what my deck of choice is. Mm hmm. Yeah, like you said, you want to play something that you're going to have fun playing, but you also want to give yourself the best chance of enjoying the format and, you know, just getting run over by these hyper-competitive decks every round is not going to give yourself a good chance to enjoy the format. Yeah, like, you could be like, I don't care about winning. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But, like, you know, three weeks of O4s. Right. Right, or 03s, you start to care about winning a little bit. You're like, <laughs> yo, this isn't fa- fun. This kind of sucks. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to do that. Any I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. And then <laughs> you uh stop doing it. Okay, real quick. Guess how much solitudes are? Oh, they've been spiking a lot lately. Are they like 40 bucks? 60 bucks a piece. 60 bucks a piece. Dear God. Yeah. Because uh, I like clicked on like Esper Reanimator. So I was like, oh, is there like stuff you could do with this that is like more budgety? Answer is no. no. No, no. No, 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 no. Unburial rights, 25 cents a piece. The rest of the deck, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Um. Yeah, but. Find a deck that you enjoy playing or you enjoy the play style. Find something that, like, you know, that you're like, if this looks like fun, I think mm-hmm. this is the kind of play style I enjoy, or this is the kind of play style I enjoy. And be okay with, all right, I'm going to have the, like, C minus version of this deck, but I'm slowly going to build it up to, you know, the B plus version or the B version of this deck over mm-hmm. the course of a long time because I keep playing this, I keep enjoying it. Yeah. Right? Like, I think the worst thing would be to be like, you know what? I'm going to go buy, uh, I don't know why it's called Merktide Regent. 
and why it's not called Ragavan, but <laughs> I'm going to buy this Murktide Regent deck, and it's $1,300. And then you play it, and you're like, yikes. Uh, not really my jam. Yeah, or it gets banned in a month. Yeah. Or, you know, you're like, I'm playing Hammer Time, and you spend $900, and you're like, I hate Loris. What have I done? Yeah. Right? And it's just like, you know what? No, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. So start cheap. Yep. Um, For sure. So what else do we have here? Um, so, like, that whole section I may have just made up. Like I said, uh, and thank you very much for your email. We, you know, we appreciate reading through the emails we get. Um, like that section was not spelled out in the email, but I felt it was, you know, relevant to talk about, especially, you know, for somebody trying to get into a new format. So just to be clear, um, what did actually happen and what most of the uh, email was about was, Things that happen at, again, I'm going to call them convention events, like convention-sized events. And the biggest question that this person was asking was they felt like they were missing something the whole time they were there. And they wanted to know what that thing was. And it's a really simple answer that we can, you know, just tell you the answer to, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But you missed the local game store. It's like you, you got to learn to walk before you can learn to run, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I played. Gosh, I don't know how long I played at the game store before I went to a GP. Years, I played for years at the game store before I went to a. I GP. probably played for like a year, year and a half or something. Yeah. Before I went yep. to one, and. Even still, like it was an intimidating thing, but I also had oh, yeah. the uh, the the help of you know Bowman and Logan and those guys. I think had gone to events previously, and mm-hmm. Cameron, right? So like we had people around us that was like, all right, so what do I do now? They're like, oh yeah, you got to go check the pairings board, make sure that you're actually in the system. Okay, now that now, right? So they knew what to do. So I had yeah. someone to like hold my hand, but I also had the um, um, the experience of like the LGS, which is this event, but miniature. Right. Right. So, you know, it's very much the the like learning that you need to expect pairings. And, yeah, I mean, like, if you've only ever played, you know, with your buddy, you know, on your coffee table at home, like you don't it doesn't ever like occur to you that you don't know who your next opponent's going to be. And you're going to have to like devise a way to find your next opponent. Well, that's, you know, the pairings board or the pairings app and every hour ish, you're going to either get a notification or know that you have to go find the pairings board to find out where you're going to be sitting for your next round and who you're going to be playing against. And not that, that's how it works at a local game store. A lot of times, you know, now with the app, it's a little bit different, but a lot of times at your local game store, pairings are just kind of shouted out. But even if pairings are just shouted out, you get used to like playing that way where up oh, next round's over. It's time for the next, 
like the next round to begin. Let's go figure out who I'm playing. Let's go find a table to sit at. Like it gets you in the routine. So, you know, those are the sorts of things that you like need to expect happening over the course of an event. Yeah. I mean, and think about like, like almost the like internal timer that you get, you know, come around like four, you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, this event has gone 15 minutes over every single round. Right. Right. Like, you you can kind of expect it. The next round is going to run fifteen minutes long, yeah. right? They, like, okay, someone's going to go in and check and like text the group if it yep. looks like we're going to pair. But like, you feel pretty confident because like you've been to a bunch of events and you're like, yeah, they never figure this out, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> and if you don't if you don't know that, then you're like, you know, hey, what's going on? I mean, um, you know, learning that like you know even if you're doing a side event like. Unless it's a draft and they desperately need you. Yeah. Right? Like, no one's going to come find you or wait on you. Right. Right? Every Like, I know I've been in events where people have gotten called over the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. But for the Every most, event. Every event, right? Yeah. But for the most part, it's just like, you know, if it's like a commander pod, they'll be like, yo, Brian, your commander pod is looking for you. And you're like, oh, no. Or yeah. like, hey, your draft is looking for you. But for yeah. the most part, like, you just have to, like, be aware that you know you've got to be around and they're going to like start the event with or without you right which you know your your local game store usually won't but you do get (laughs) you do get in the habit of being like oh i signed up for the event i gotta be i gotta be on the lookout for when it's gonna start yeah right and like that's a whole nother thing that like you get used to by playing at your local game store is kind of like i said you know when you're playing on your coffee table, you know, just friendly magic, you're not thinking about how many rounds you're going to be playing and what the prize support is and like tournament math stuff or when rounds are going to start. And even though it's, it is different at an LGS versus like a convention sized event. Those are things that like, you'll get used to like showing, you know, show up for a Tuesday night modern and, you get used to, you know, 20 people means we're going to play four rounds, cut to top eight or 10 people means we're going to play three rounds, cut to top four or whatever, whatever it breaks down isn't to. It, like, isn't 20, isn't 20 rounds. Is that five rounds? I don't know. It might be. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been so there, long since yeah, I played competitive magic. I know. <laughs> I know. Like there was like the dark spot that was like 16 people or 17. Yeah. Or it was like, we gotta play five rounds, but we only cut the top four. And it's like, why are you why are you doing this to me? I, <laughs> I need to go to bed. Um, so yeah, like just learning the rhythms of a tournament. Yeah. In a smaller, more forgiving setting. Right. right? They're not gonna hold like your LGS will hold up an eight person event for you. Mm-hmm. A convention, like you know, a GP is not gonna hold up a six hundred person event. Right. For you. Yeah, right. or even I mean, like a hundred a hundred person side event, they're not going to hold up for one person. Yeah, they're just like, nope, moving on. We already got their money. We're we're moving. Yeah, right. So, you know, starting smaller and then building. Yeah. Right. So, like you said, like going to the LGS, you're going to learn about tournament structure. How many rounds? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to cut? Yep. And like, you know, you learn like the tournament math of like, oh hey, like, how do I? How am I doing in this event? Yeah. Uh, 
you'll learn like what to expect for price support. So that varies wildly. Um, yes. And then yeah, but like it's something that somebody that has only ever played casually probably never thought twice about. Yeah. Like how well do I need to do in order to like get my money back out of this event or, you know, get the booster pack like pity prize or whatever. Yeah. So that is just something that you like are exposed to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when we've talked about it, because I think in the email, I was like, you guys have talked about it, but then I went and did it. And it's like, yeah, but I think we always talked about like going to your LGS first. And like, like you said, building up that that those muscles of like yeah. what a tournament is before you then like go to the big time yeah and like you kind of glossed over what i think is a big part of tournament magic and that is like the friends that you go with that is like in my opinion that is the best part of going to like a big convention style event is going with your group of friends like a couple guys from your, even if you're not friends yet, like a couple guys from your game store, you know, all traveling somewhere with a purpose. That's what makes the event. Like talking about how your rounds went and sharing bad beat stories and talking about how you crushed your opponent or like whatever. Even, even if everybody does terrible at the event, just getting together and you know, stopping for a blooming onion and a beer afterwards, like that makes the whole thing. And you're not really ever going to get that without the LGS to meet those people to travel with. Yeah. Like so. I couldn't imagine, like I have found it awkward a lot of times going to other stores that I'm just mm -hmm. like an outsider at, like other small sure. stores and just playing. I mean, I've yep. done it. Like, mm -hmm. when my wife lived in Charleston, I would go, she'd be at work, and I would go, like, wreck some people in Somersville and, like, <laughs> get go get my um, a null rod prize and then leave. Um, yeah. But, um, right, like, I couldn't imagine, like, driving to Charlotte for a GP yeah. by myself. Like, that just seems like an unfun experience all the way around. Yeah. Well, I went to GP Vegas. Uh, I mean, I remember four years ago now, and like I knew people that were there. There were some people that were playing and you know played regularly at our game store that were there, but it wasn't anywhere near as fun as I was expecting it to be. Like you know, I hung out with the guys that I knew, but it, that place is pretty big, and they were both doing well in a different event than I was playing, and so I was kind of you know, just stuck in this giant convention center with 7,000 people in it, like by myself. And it wasn't anywhere near as fun as like any of the other events that I'd been to. I mean, yeah. I don't regret going. It was awesome to go, but I would much rather go with, with some people. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely like Cameron came out of semi-retirement to go to Atlanta. Yeah. Not because he had like any illusions of like winning that legacy event. Right. But like, he finished a day of work, got in his truck, and drove <laughs> six hours to Atlanta, basically to just hang out with, with his friends and play Magic. Right. Right? And it was awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure if there was a, a, an event, you know, uh, uh, not too far from here, he would dust, uh, dust himself off of retirement. We'd be like, dude, Infect is like tier F right now. He'd be like, don't care. Whiteboard, I don't care. 
we are playing Infect, let's go. And he'd go yeah. play Infect, do however he did, and like would be there more for the beer and the blue and onion. Right. Right. So like again, the LGS gives you a chance to like develop like a crew. Yeah. And like those that, people. Yeah, and that, you know, we're talking about like the trip, but I think like a lot of our better magic memories are like going to Cameron's house and like figuring out matchups and just playing games. Right. Like yeah, just getting like, ready for events. Yeah, just like the the five or six of us that were going and we would yeah. just like play. And like yeah. that is those are the things that like you that make it like worth doing. Right. Just like going sometimes going to the actual event is like the worst part. <laughs> Certainly depends on the event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So the other thing we said we were going to talk about, right, mm-hmm. was we we're going to talk a little bit about um, Crimson Val Limited. Yeah. Because we've both played a little bit. Very and, little bit. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm I I'm kind of getting like two takeaways from the format. Okay. Well, you start and I'll I'll fill okay. in the gaps as, as I have information to do. So, I have played, let me bring up the the list of things I have played. Um I have played my normal mix of um like kind of grindy decks. Mhm. Um so and I really feel like the format is pretty aggressive. Okay. Maybe, maybe not to um what's it called? To AFR levels of aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's so much stuff, so many mechanics in the format that don't do anything unless your creatures are sideways. Yeah. Right? And, Blood and training, right? Both want your creatures to attack for the most part. Yeah, like you know, the the blood does something. You could do something with the blood when you attack. Also, yeah. think about the number of like commons in, in like red and black and even white that have some sort of evasion. Yeah, right. Let it be the number of like red menace creatures and black menace creatures. Mm-hmm. Right, it's pretty high. It is. Right, like it's just making stuff hard to block or like random things with trampler. The the three the two and a red 3/2 trampler. 3/2, yeah. Right, that gets blood when it deals damage. And mm-hmm. I'm like you're just like, "Oh, I'm going to like I'm playing spirits and it's like all of these have one toughness. Even when I block, I take two damage." Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Um, even the and, spirits. Like, there's cards that punish you for blocking too. Like the Wind Drake for this set, like only blocks flyers. Oh yeah, the two three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Um, I mean, there's the four mana flyer that like gives something flying. Like, oh, you're gonna yeah. block? Nah. Also, yep. there's a ton of haste in this format. Yes, Just, there like, is. Randomly, that like three drop that becomes like a two is a two two that becomes a. Can give something plus two plus zero. Yeah. Right. That card is great if you go like, you know, uh, a cheap attacker, a card with training, and then that, because mm-hmm. like you know you're gonna get to train your your uh your creature because more than likely a four two on turn three is bigger than it. Right. Right. 
Um, so like, I feel like the format's aggressive, like based on the amount of haste and the um, like, just amount of like keywords and things that matter from attacking. Also, mm-hmm. like think about like blue white, like blue white spirits, right? What do we have? We've got mischievous cat guys needs to attack the three one common that when it attacks you get plus something something gets minus two minus minus o. two minus oh yeah right it's just like okay you're gonna block this but you're not gonna kill it you're gonna have to keep blocking with that same creature or you're gonna take it beating yeah right? and it, there's it, the it, the white guy that like taps something when it attacks too right yes that was that's what I was gonna say and yeah. like and they all kind of like they die and they just come back and give that ability to something else Right, you yeah. like throw that guy on a flyer, and you're just like, yeah, I guess you never get to block. Yeah. Right, like, and they don't do anything unless they attack. Yep. There's also like the red three mana three three that's like, yeah, I can't block. Mm-hmm. And when you sack a sack of blood, something can't block on on yeah. your opponent's side. There's a couple creatures that you're like, why can't you block? And it's just like, yeah, this set's not about that. Right. Right. The um, like the white black mechanic is life gain too, right? And most of the life gain in this set is lifelink. Yes. Which means you have to be attacking. I got annihilated by that deck. I dealt like 35 damage and still didn't kill them with my red, white aggro deck. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just like, oh, but here's my three mana two, two lifelinker. Oh my gosh. Oh, here's my, uh, three mana two, three lifelinker that, uh, I can draw a card if I gain a life this turn. Just like, come on, stop. Yeah. Stop! Stop doing me this wrong, over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, I feel like that there's on one hand the format needs you to attack, mm-hmm. right? On the other hand, at like five and six mana plus, it's just unbeatable bomb mythics and rares. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, like, it seems like anything in general that's five or six mana is giant and huge, and the game instantly becomes about it. Like, I have lost to Dollhouse of Horrors multiple times. Remember so my opponents- I... Uh, you, you can finish real quick, it, and then I got a story for you. That's it. Where my opponent's just pooping out, like, four fours every turn. It's like, what am I supposed to do about this? <laughs> the, uh, the last draft that I did... Um, I th- think it was saturday night i drafted that seven drop demon oh huh that just turns your whole board into giant demons so quick i i had one i resolved it once won the game pretty much on the spot then i played against someone uh in another draft where i had the wrath the like sacrifice so i had them sack all their creatures and i kept one of my creatures i got rid of their demon we're doing it yeah. They played like Edgar's Revival or whatever and oh, just brought no, it, got back it back and like had played a creature, got it back and like had two six sixes. And every turn they just drew a creature, played it and turned it into a six six. They had 30 power worth of flyers by the yeah. time I died. I was like, I, they were at four and I just could never get in. Yeah. I was just like, all right, well, I guess I lose this one. Yep. So yeah, it's like you were incentivized to go low. Because if you let your opponent get to like six mana or seven mana, they're just gonna play a card that is like off scale power wise. Yeah, it, I mean it kind of feels like standard, right? 
You either have to be hyper aggro or you just go way over the top of everything and there is no mid-range. Yeah, and like the mid-range decks, like, they can hold their own against aggro. Like, I played against a black-white deck that was still pretty low to the ground, but was a mid-range deck. Um, You know, they, like, it was a little bit bigger and gained a bunch of life against my aggro deck. But then, like, I can't imagine ever beating, like, you know, turn four, even the uncommon seven, six, like, reach trample worm that gains five life yeah that thing's great this is like yeah you can never ever beat that and like another hint that the format's aggressive right you've got the six mana six six that like gains life equal to the the toughness toughness of like another creature you control yep right and you've got an uncommon green worm Mm -hmm. that gains you five life and it's in your graveyard it can also gain you another five life they were yeah. like, we want the green mechanic to be rampy. It's like, okay. But we have to gain them a bunch of life. Because if we don't, there. they're dead. Yeah. You're like, I played my 7-6. And it's like, cool, I'll just kill you. Right. And they're like, no, no. We've got to make sure that they gain five life so they don't just die instantly the turn after they played their giant thing that they were working towards. Yeah. So, like, it's weird that you've got, on one hand, just like, oh, if I get the seven mana, I pretty much win the game. And then on the other hand, you're just like, I want nothing more than three drops in my deck. Mm-hmm. And everything should have haste. Like the, oh gosh, the weird Autumn Willow. Like, that oh, yeah, counters that thing's on things. Nasty. I, I left myself, like, I was in a race. I left myself dead to a pump spell. Yeah. And that pump spell was a 4-4 hexproof thing that put two counters on something. And yeah. like, for six mana. For six mana. And the problem was is I was like, I was like, okay, I'm dead to any pump spell. But then they played that and they had the stupid 3-2 with trample, and the trample damage is what killed me. And I was like, stupid. Uh. Like stupid trample. Like I could block. Like I had a blocker back and you were dead next turn, but it was like, nope. Yeah. Nope, don't doesn't doesn't matter because this random three drop has trample for reasons. Yeah. Have you played against that uh that four mana green enchantment? Uh that puts counters on things. That transforms when they have a big toughness? Yeah. I did. I lost to it once. I think I've beaten it twice. Okay. Uh well I had one where like I wrath their board and then they were kind of in like a weird spot where they got their creature and like it couldn't like they had to like keep chump blocking so they mm-hmm. couldn't like get it uh, big. And yeah. then I had one where I played a, a whole breacher horror. Yeah. And then they cast the spell and I countered the spell and bounced their thing. It was like on an <laughs> empty board. And I was just yeah. like, all right. Yeah. I, I played my seven mana unbeatable thing and I won. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just it's a weird like where Midnight Hunt felt like you could like in now it's early, but like felt like you could draft all these like different decks and now granted you fell back into like blue black and you played mm-hmm. all these really interesting games. Right? This feels like in my I don't feel like I have as many interesting games. Now I've only played 32 games. Yeah. But it's not like I'm like, oh, these are really good, interesting games. Like yeah. a lot of it, like 
a lot of it is if you were, you know, at your event with with your friends, like how'd your uh, how'd your match go? They resolved a seven mana demon. <laughs> and that would be the end of the conversation. You just go like, oh, okay. Yeah. How'd it go? Oh, they had the the weird auto the Averbrook protector. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, say no more. I know exactly right. how this worked. Yeah. You were dead. I understand. Right? Yeah. And like that's not super fun in limited. Like mm-hmm. those are the kind of limited formats that like have a pretty short shelf life for me. Yeah. Right, because it's like, oh, I'm making really good decisions. Like, oh, I've got their board cleared. Like, okay, you know, I'm gonna be getting in for like, you know, three or four a turn. I have like an abrade and maybe like some other removal spell that's like size limited. They're just like six six. Yeah. Oh well, cool, awesome. I guess I'm de- or like hallbreaker horde, and you're just like, yep, cool. Can't kill that. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so. I know you mentioned red white. Do you think red white's the best aggro deck? I don't know if it's red white or red black. Yeah. Um, like red green's a little bigger. Yeah. Blue white. Doesn't... I've had a little bit of luck with red green. Okay, I've not played red green yet. Like I have a rug deck in here that I got disconnected halfway through my first pack or whatever. Yeah. So it was like, I was trying to be a ramp deck and thankfully Arena just took all the red rares that were opened, uh, but yeah. it was not the most cohesive thing. That, but... uh, that deck that I was texting you about was red green. Okay. You went 7-0 uh, with? Five, yeah, the five pup. <laughs> which which one is, what card is that? Is that the... The Peksung pup, it's the two drop and <laughs> if you control another wolf at the beginning of combat, you put a counter on it. Oh, okay. Okay. I've so I I just had five of them, like four or three of my first four picks were Pack Song pups. That's like I, I opened the uh, the five mana green enchantment, the glorious sunrise. Okay. And then my next three picks were Pack Song pups. You you made a call. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a one one, right? Yeah. Well, it's if you have another wolf, like when you play it, it's a effectively a two two. Okay, but yeah, I had I mean, a bunch of those one mana wolves too. But like, if you oh okay, a bunch of the what's the one mana one? The one that you pay two mana and oh you get yeah split yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah the one that they reprinted from the last set. Yeah. So okay, that's that's some of the we were talking about um, uh, double feature like that. There's a couple cards that are in both sets. Oh okay. So maybe they're not putting them in set twice. Anyway, uh, that's a little aside. Pre-show people. Uh, but, okay. Like, you know, I was thinking just on two, but like if you have like three or four of the one drops, yeah. and then you're just yeah, like... Yeah, I think I had three of the one drops. I ended up with five of the pups. And then I somehow I ended up with the three mana wolf enchantment. Oh, okay. That gives it wolf plus two plus two? Yeah, and then if your opponent casts two spells, you get a token. Okay. And the four mana red guy that like shoots stuff. That when he's damaged or No, you're it's like on the front it's a four mana four three and on the front you pay two and a red and tap it and you shoot something. Okay. And then on the back you don't have to tap it to shoot something. Okay. But I ended up with a bunch of those and it was a good deck. 
like I feel like all of the mechanics are like all the cards are geared for you being aggressive. Yeah. And that's all well and good, but the I think those formats run short yeah. on like how replayable they are. Yeah. I mean, I tend to really like those formats, so I'm I'm kind of excited. To, when I was playing, I was still like early in the weekend and I really haven't played much since then. Um and I didn't really notice that it was hyper aggressive. I mean, I, I understand all of the things that we've been talking about and it makes total sense, but like my first two drafts were blue black and they were definitely not aggressive and they were both, you know, six win drafts. You're doing um, way better than I am. So I'm also, no, but I, I'm, I'm only, like I said, I'm only four in. So, yeah, well, I'm like, like I said, I, I've got like one, six win, a four win, a three, and then two, two wins. So yeah. like you, you are doing better than I am right now, <laughs> but no, it just, it feels like when I play, when I try to play more like longer game decks, which like, I kind of feel like blue white, like is a valuey grindy kind of deck. I just well, yeah, feel like when I'm, your mechanic is comes back out of the graveyard for more yeah. mana, like enchanting something, then yeah, yeah that's just, definitely a go long. It, it just always feels like, I'm on my on the back foot and never able to like like it feels like I'm always on, on defense and I'm not able yeah. to like turn the corner mm-hmm. and it might just be because those creatures are so small but like it's like well these are really bad at blocking so I need to attack and again yeah. like we said the 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 geist that taps something and the one that the common that makes something minus two minus so that's yeah. not doing anything if it stays back right. So I just need to get in there. Uh, also, like, have you played the, oh gosh, is it Wedding Carriage? I've gotten trounced by the Wedding Carriage because all of the, like, not super premium removal is sorcery speed and you can't ever kill the thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, since there's no crew, like, power number on it, like, yeah. I just was like, I'd play, I played that and just like, oh, play two, two drops on four, tack you for, yeah. tack you for eight. And then like the next turn, it's like, oh, play two, one drops that are garbage. Yeah. Crew it up, attack you for 13 or whatever. Yeah. And just every turn, he's like, yep, everything just turns this guy sideways. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've had like, I had two in a deck and I was pretty happy with like, I was like, I want to draw this all the time. Mm-hmm. I want to play this on three and then hit my fourth land drop and then draw no more lands and then uh, go from there. Also, yeah. I thought of a good way to think of blood tokens today. Okay. Blood tokens give all of your cards cycling one. Oh, yeah. Right? It's the exact same thing. You're like, I pay a cost, I discard the card, I get a new one. Yeah. So, like, you're just like, cycle, 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 cycle. Okay, find a card. And yeah, I like that. And, you know, there is a limit on how many blood tokens you can get because I had, um, gosh, the six mana, like six, six that you can pay two and a red and deal one to something. And whenever yeah, it deals damage. Yeah. Like, I had like 12 blood tokens. I'm like, I, I don't have a good way to use all of these. Yeah. Like, this is, this is dumb. Yeah. When I first read that card, I didn't realize it was like any time it dealt damage, period. I thought it was like damage to a player. Yeah, no, it's but, anything. Yeah, no, it's just anything. Yeah. Yeah. But like use, 
like think of like any blood token anytime you can just randomly pick up a blood token you just be like excellent i'm gonna cycle a lamp now yep like i'm to the point where i think the format might be like if you're an aggressive deck you might be it might just be like a 16 land format yeah i mean it makes sense if you if you can make use of the blood tokens and everything has cycling yeah like especially if you're like red and you're just getting incidental blood tokens like yeah. the like the one mana one one that's like oh yeah you ping I ping the opponent I give you a blood token and you're just yep. like oh perfect now and later I, I crew the carriage yeah and like later in the game I crew the carriage and like I can help help you hit your land drops yeah right and like you've got to be ready because there's just so much haste in the format like I yeah. won multiple games where like my opponent was like attack you for four and it's just like yep play like a haste thing hit you for eight and they're just like yeah. oh. I, I was not ready for that. I was like, nope, nope, nope. These stupid, like, you know, even like stuff like the, whatever the devils are, they're the five, the five drop three, three that gets plus two plus two when you cast a non-creature spell. Yeah. Like that's a fine card. Randomly has haste. Just mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. The red, white guy that's like, yep, I'm a red, white flyer. I give, I spread plus one plus O across two bodies and I have haste. Just like, yeah. Why? Mm -hmm okay thank you i appreciate it so it does like i think red black is probably the best aggro deck because like the you have a you you end up generating blood tokens and using them mm -hmm. and much like the um decay zombies i don't think th that there's a mana cost on blood tokens like on yeah, the cards just got attacked on for free yeah like there's the common Five mana, four, four menace. Mm -hmm. That makes two blood tokens. Yeah. Like a five mana, four, four menace in red is about rate. Right. And it's like, yeah, here are two blood tokens. So you don't flood out. Yep. And you're like, oh, thanks. Hey, for free. And then if you have like blood tokens that. Like ways to like use blood tokens that don't cost any mana. Mm hmm. Right, then you're like in business, right? You're like, oh hey. Like uh you know, the guy's like when you attack, sack a blood token and it gets like plus two, plus two. Yeah. Or the guy that like, transforms when you sack two blood tokens or whatever. Yeah. Like there's enough ways that you can like get blood tokens for effectively free and then right. use them for free. Yep. Right. But I've not got a black red deck to go together. Like this deck maybe the one I'm playing now maybe should be like black white, but like I was like kind of like black, but then I was like trying to be black red because I got some good early black cards and then black dried up. Mm. But then like I opened the cemetery, the, the black cemetery guy and I was yeah. like, could I, could I be black? Cause like, I would just like at the end of packs and be like, Oh, four white cards. I'm just like, yeah. well, if no one wants to do this, I'll be red white again. But I was like, oh, I have like the best card in the set. And I can't play it because I can't cast it. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. And and I have like a dollhouse. I'm like, oh, cool. If something dies. I just bring it back with a dollhouse. You can never beat it. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen a dollhouse yet. Oh, I. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still young in the format, though. Yeah, this is my second one. The fact yeah. that they the fact that they have haste. Yeah. Is just dumb. Yeah. You're like, let me bring back a four four hasty boy, and you're like, cool, thanks. Um, kind of reminds you of uh, God Pharaoh's gift. Kinda, yeah. 
like when they're like you know once they've done it two or three times and you're just like oh those are now real creatures yeah that are really really killing me yep oh no so yeah but i think that you have to like treat the format as like you either want to be low to the ground or you want to be like like you want your curve to like stop at like four mm-hmm. right maybe have like a hasty five drop or two or you want like your curve to be like or you want to like be able to get to your demon or your yeah. dollhouse or whatever quickly and then go from there because like you know i've had some issues where like i've had like Hall Breacher Horrors that I open like late, like, you know, in pack three. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm blue white. Like, I've got to draw seven lands. Yeah. This is not the best way to, to do this. I also had like, my first deck was blue black, but I had, um, I should have tried to force myself into blue red because I had three of the three twos that make like a spirit when you cast a non creature spell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's like I have all these like good black cards, but not enough spells to play this thing. This sucks. It's like I really yeah. I really want to play this. I just didn't didn't come together for me. But like just either low to the ground, but like if you're playing like, you know, you know, four and five mana cards, right? If you've not done a good job early on, if you've not played like a two. Mm-hmm. You, like you just are gonna get run over, yeah. So, those are our early thoughts. We'll keep an eye out. I've not heard anything come out where people is are like, "Oh, hey, um, here's the thing to draft, or this format sucks, or here's why it's bad." But, yeah, I really like, haven't heard many people talking about it one way or the other, like just at all. So this is something mentioned on the pre-show where I was like, are we just going to, are we okay with a set every two months? And the reason I bring this up is like my normal, like life cycle on arena is I do some drafts for a while. Mm -hmm. Then I like get tired of the draft format, run out of whatever, then kind of like do other random events, occasionally play some standard stuff, played some unranked garbage, play a little historic, do the midweek magics. I just do stuff, right? Yeah. And then a few weeks after that, it's time to draft the next set. Mm-hmm. And like now, like th- I feel like I just got done drafting the other one, yeah. like the other set. And I don't know if it's just because the sets are similar in like flavor and theme. Yeah. But you're just kind of like, I feel like I just drafted this, but the other one was better. (laughs) You know what I mean? And maybe, maybe at draft 15, I'll be like, oh, I understand the format. I know what cards are really good now. And like, I'll get a grasp on like what I'm supposed to do. And I'll be like, oh, this format's fine. But Mm -hmm. I really feel like this, like, it just feels like, like, yeah, or like a, like a a bad imitation. Just like, oh, we're going to copy all this stuff. And, like, you know, doing a set every two months, again, Chad, the bead counter, it's like, bro, they'll draft more. Beans. And then you're like, yeah, but, like, you got to make sure that it's, like, good and interesting and doesn't feel the same. 
And well, I, I mean, it's got to feel the same. Otherwise, you can't just cram two products together to make a new one. Fair. Fair. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking about yeah. the beans that need to be counted. Right. But, like, I don't know. It just... It's almost like I'm like, okay, I've done this a few times. Are we going to Kamigawa now? Like, I need something different. So yeah. I don't know if, like, I said every two months is fine if it's not, like, the same stuff. Because, like, even, so, like, like... I don't, about, I don't oh. know if um, the double feature... I don't know if we're... I don't think we're getting that on Arena. Uh, I think that's just a paper release. Okay. Um... Kamigawa doesn't come out until February. Oh, so we okay. do have like a, a decent break until Kamigawa. Okay. That's, I did not realize it wasn't coming out until February. Yeah. I thought it was coming out yeah, as normal, like J- January release slot. No, I think it's February 10th is actual release. So okay. like pre-release would be the weekend before or whatever. Gotcha. Birthday release. Woo. <laughs> Because it used to be like they would do it, like pre-release weekend would be like the weekend of Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. So they're pushing it back like a month? Yeah, I guess so. Or, you know, three weeks or whatever. Yeah. Well, hopefully like it feels like, you know, this set feels good and, you know, kind of gets its own identity. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, oh, February 18th. Okay. So a ways, a ways away, a ways, a ways away. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, that's like a full month later than uh, normal. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Pre-release is uh, February 11th. Yeah. See, so, yeah, it just feels like, but it, I don't know. It just feels like um, um, we're doing the same thing. Not as well. Yeah. And it just like, it's like, I'm not ready for like either a new draft format or a draft format that is so similar to the last one. Yeah. Like, I think we talked about like, what are you excited about from this set? And it's like, I don't know. Like yeah, nothing really. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. There's usually something that we're like, Oh, like this looks really good. And it's just like, meh, it's whatever. So hopefully if we're going to get a set every like two minutes, it'll be, uh, <laughs> they'll be different enough to like matter. Yeah. So, you got anything else to add? You think we're good? No, I think that'll that'll pretty much do it for this episode. All right. So, if you have broken uh, Crimson Val uh, Limited, uh, let me know. You can get us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yeah, hit us up before I jump in and incinerate a bunch of gems here. Tell us uh, what's working for you guys. You can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or, like uh, most of this episode was dedicated to, you can always drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pick up any singles, we would really appreciate it if you use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Or if you want to support us more directly, you can chip chip in a couple bucks to help keep the show going over at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, we also have our discord. There's a link in the description. If you want to hop in there and join in the conversation, share screen grabs of your deck lists. I think somebody, while we were recording this posted up, uh, their limited deck, they wanted some critiques on. So I'll probably take a peek at that when we're done recording here. 
Um, but yeah, jump on into our discord. Let us know how we're doing. Tell up to tell us if there's anything that you guys want covered. Um, like we just said, we're not going to have another set to talk about until probably February. So tons of time to talk about whatever you guys want to hear about. Uh, yeah. Also, don't forget about our YouTube. Um, schedule Tryhard MTG on YouTube. We'll do some box openings, maybe get some uh, some limited content up there and check it out. Yep. So with all of that, we will catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs>